This podcast is produced by Whisper and Mutter. Hey, thanks for listening. I am conducting a research project of sorts. I am surveying you, my listeners, to learn more about you. This quick, anonymous survey will help shape the strategy, production, distribution, and sponsorship of the podcast. Can you please visit yizzyresearch.com to take the listener survey? Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Now, on to the show. You're listening to the Yizzy Research Podcast, the podcast for people who research people. You are listening to the voice of your host, Imani, UX researcher at and founder of the UX research company, Yizzy Research. I help organizations understand their users, and I coach aspiring and practicing UX researchers in their career journeys. Jeff works at a company called Artifact. Artifact produced a digital product you may or may not have heard of called the Tarot Cards of Tech. In the first part of our conversation, Jeff discusses what the tarot cards of tech are, how the cards help designers create high-quality products, and understanding product impact and effects. Can you tell us what is your job title and also tell us what you do at Artifact? Sure. So my job title is that of Strategy Director here at Artifact, which is a Seattle-based design and strategy firm. I'm in charge of uh, leading programs that have a research and strategy component. So at Artifact, we do a lot of user experience design, and I'll be in charge of the research with users that informs uh, that design process. Uh, But beyond doing user-centered research, I also uh, take on the roles and responsibilities of uh, looking at the design strategy, um, looking, doing competitive analysis, um, uh, looking at how a given design direction might fit into a client's uh, portfolio and their own strategy, and uh, taking that more holistic look when informing uh, what a design ought to be, how it should be framed, and what it entails. And how do the tarot cards of tech fit into your role? So actually, first, let's back up a little. Can you tell us what are the tarot cards of tech? The tarot cards of tech are, uh, it's a lightweight tool, a set of prompts in the form of flashcard-esque tarot cards uh, to inspire important conversations around the true impact of technology and the products that we design. As designers, we're taught a a user-centered design process, now more commonly termed human-centered design, um, but still very much in the tradition of thinking about people as users of products or experiences And we're trying to create really good experiences when using those products. And for a long time, that was enough to think about how can you help people, um, uh, you know, use a product successfully and intuitively and uh, create joy in doing so uh, safely, all those things uh, around the context of use. But we found that that sort of myopic lens of, of thinking about people just as users of products missed some of the broader impacts of the products that we design um, and the technologies that ex- exist in our world. When we think about platforms that billions of people use, like social media and, and many other things coming out of Silicon Valley, um, they have effects beyond that of just an individual user using it one time. They have systemic impact to us collectively and in society. And the tarot cards of tech were created a few years back when some of these effects weren't quite as um, 
apparent in terms of uh, the mainstream conversation. Now we're having a much more mainstream conversation about the unintended consequences of technology. And um, the tarot cards of tech uh, were to help inspire conversations around those unintended consequences, the outcomes that technology can create, as well as opportunities for positive change uh, beyond just that of um, a user using a product. So the tarot cards are a tool to help people make better products that are more user-centric and also thinking about thinking beyond just the user using the product once and done. It's about like placing, it's about a contextual experience, a larger experience. Exactly. Yeah, it's about that contextual experience and realizing that uh, the things that we create and put into the world have uh, a, a broader impact than just within the context of a user using a product in that isolated instance. And who are the intended users of the cards themselves? Are they for designers, UX researchers, marketers? Who are the cards for? Yeah, the, the cards, the tarot cards of tech were born out of um, tools that we would use internally ourselves here at Artifact. And so I guess originally the, the users were us as designers and technologists, uh, and that still definitely applies. Um, but really anybody in the technology industry, I think, would benefit from uh, using these cards to inspire conversations within their organization. And really, I think, useful beyond that. Um, the, the questions and prompts contained within the tarot cards aren't specific to technology. Um, and we've seen usage in other contexts, um, healthcare and education as well. Um, so I guess it's a cop out to say anybody and everyone, <laughs> but um, uh, certainly at its core, designers, creative professionals, and technologists, but uh, definitely useful and versatile beyond that as well. And it's such an interesting idea to mix business and product with something associated with like spirituality and the occult, like tarot cards. So who came up with this idea to mix the two? So the idea of the the tarot cards as a metaphor uh, was uh, created by another colleague of mine here at Artifact, uh, someone on the marketing side. A bit of a bit of like background and history to uh, how the tarot cards of tech came to be. Um, Artifact had always had uh, an aspiration to do good through design. I think as many uh, young designers have. Um, but around 2016, 2017, Artifact made a more formal effort to develop tools and methods that we could use internally in our work to think through the impacts that our uh, work was having in the world, uh, just us as a consultancy working with clients. And at the time, it was termed outcome-focused design. And I was one of the people charged with thinking through the kinds of tools and methods and canvases and worksheets that we could use ourselves and that we could use with our clients to think through some of these very complicated questions around the outcomes uh, that result from, from our products and, and the work that we create. And one of the, the tools that I had seen a colleague make had simply this, this very simple question prompt of what are the positive outcomes and what are the negative outcomes of this product or technology? And as a researcher, I recognize that those are really, really hard, hard questions to answer, and especially hard to just ask of a client. Um, they're, they're too vague. And so what I realized we needed were more specific prompts um, that could generate more useful discussion around outcomes. And so 
I generated uh, half a dozen or a dozen more specific prompts to get at this idea of positive and negative outcomes and consequences of the products that we design. It was only made, meant for uh, uh, an internal tool. I didn't really have any broader aspirations beyond that. Um, but in conversations with a colleague of mine here at Artifact uh, on the marketing side who uh, wanted to um, share more with the external design world uh, what we were doing around outcome-focused design, as it was termed at the time. Um, she latched on immediately to this, uh, this set of prompts that I had created. She saw potential in those uh, simple targeted questions to generate discussion uh, as, as being perfect to introduce these ideas of unintended consequences and outcomes beyond just a user-centric uh, design context. Uh, she saw the potential of those prompts uh, to be used in a broader context and to, to introduce that mindset to others. And so she was the one who uh, really saw the potential of uh, the material and recognized that it would be even more potent, more powerful, get greater traction if we packaged them in a really um, digestible, fun way. You know, some of the questions that these tarot cards embody, like who or what disappears if your product is successful, or what is the worst headline you can imagine? They're, they're, some of them are, are complicated questions to answer or are um, kind of can be a downer, to be honest. And so we wanted to balance the, um, the depth and severity of the topics that we were going to be introducing with a, a lightweight, engaging um, context or, or veneer. And so she was the one that came up with the idea of the metaphor of tarot cards and the very bright um, colors, the engaging flashcard-esque model is a really, um, is really a, a way in which to deliver or package, it was a way to package heavy, complicated topics in a lightweight, engaging way that people feel comfortable introducing to their teams has anyone contacted you, and maybe not, maybe not you directly, but has anyone contacted Artifact to say, hey, we've used these tarot cards and the impact they had was X? I'll be speaking a bit secondhand since uh, um, I'm not getting a lot of that direct feedback myself, but uh, we've had thousands of, of downloads from around the world. And uh, I know that they've, the tarot cards of tech have been translated into Italian and Spanish um, by others, not just you know, not an effort that we undertook ourselves. Um, I know of that dozens of organizations have, have used them, um, including Facebook, Google, Microsoft, IBM, um, and Amazon. Uh, we had an opportunity to share the cards uh, with uh, the design practice at Amazon. And uh, I know in healthcare, there's some pharmaceutical companies, uh, hospitals, and care providers that have uh, used these tarot cards as well as in the education space. I've heard of a couple different uh, universities that have introduced uh, the tarot cards of tech uh, into some classrooms. And um, also in terms of uh, in the social impact space, the tarot cards of tech have inspired some of the work that we did with the Omidyar network in creating uh, their uh, set of tools called the Ethical Explorer Pack, which is similar in spirit to the tarot cards of tech, but a bit more focused uh, and, and with a bit more depth toward um, the technology sector. 
That's such a wide range of industries, right? You mentioned tech, you said like Facebook, Amazon, higher education, healthcare. I wasn't expecting it to be such a wide range. It's also, it just goes to show how the problems that are posed um, or the questions that are asked in these tarot cards are really universal problem problems beyond traditional tech, right? Um, so I think that's really interesting as well. And you had mentioned that the tarot cards were originally intended for internal use only at Artifact. So since the cards have been live and available for the public over the past few years, does Artifact still use them internally? Uh, yes, especially in the beginning. We used them with clients at kickoff um, uh, to introduce some of the, the concepts and conversations that we'd want to have with them. Um, I'd say as, time's, as time has gone on, um, the ideas and mindsets uh, that are embodied in the tarot cards have become more internalized within Artifact. Uh, again, they're, they're born out of an effort to, um, to be able to, to do this thinking and this work ourselves internally. And so their biggest strength is almost as an educational tool um, to instill a certain mindset uh, and a way of thinking and, and to act as reminders of uh, that way of thinking throughout your process. You know, as, as something akin to, to, to flashcards, as conversation starters, they're not going to solve all of your problems, especially not such large problems as these uh, systemically. And so I've really come to find that it's, it's really all about that mindset um, and, and starting to have those conversations. And so as time goes on, I think it's become more internalized at Artifact than an external tool that we have to use explicitly. Yeah, it's just that the the mindset that the tarot cards help you get into, that mindset is just how artifact staff, that's just how they think already. Yeah, it's been about three or four years since we've uh, introduced the tarot cards and artifact has been on its own journey of uh, coming to, to think in these terms and um, we've definitely matured along the way. If you're enjoying this podcast, go to Apple Podcasts and give it a five-star rating and a glowing review. Subscribe, follow. Many of you messaged me to tell me how much you like the podcast, but it's even better if you share it with your coworkers, mentees, and mentors on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and any other platform I forgot to mention. Spread the love. Don't keep me to yourself. <laughs> Also, if you are an aspiring or even a current UX researcher who needs help with your resume, interviewing skills, professional branding, cover letter, LinkedIn profile, and portfolio, consider applying for the Yizzy Research Coaching Program. In the last part of our conversation, Jeff discusses how the cards became public, how long it took to bring the cards to the public, the hardest part of creating the tarot cards, four specific cards, including the Big Bad Wolf, the Scandal, Mother Nature, and the Radio Star. And lastly, tips for UX researchers who want to apply the cards. And over the course of the three to four years that the tarot cards have been live, has Artifact received any negative feedback or criticism regarding the tarot cards? Because I know that tarot can be something that's really sensitive. I haven't personally heard anything. So it's really, it's more of like a hunger. Okay, we want more. We want to do next. Like, what's, what's the next step? Um, and I don't think there's one easy answer or one tool that can help you uh, do that. It becomes much more about integrating the mindset within your organization and um, 
integrating the, the values and building the capacity within your organization to address the, the very significant challenges that, uh, that might be reflected in the tarot cards. That sounds like it's a good opportunity, a new business segment, kind of, right? For Artifact, helping consult people like, what do you do after the tarot cards? Yeah, yeah. And um, I mean, it, re- it, it really does come at the intersection of, of user experience design and design research and, and design strategy and you know a- other tools or way of thinking like strategic foresight. And so in terms of creating the actual tarot cards, how much time roughly was there from ideation to public release? Yeah, it's a bit hard to estimate, to be honest, um, because the original prompts, the seeds uh, were developed, I'd say just in maybe a day or two uh, internally uh, with no ambition to, to share them more broadly. Um, and then, you know, months went by before, uh, again, my colleague in marketing uh, was, was able to discover them. And then once she had the vision of, of this is something that we should share with the world, I'd say it was maybe about six months or so um, because we got more and more excited uh, about what they could become. And so we put more and more time into them. Um, but the vision was sort of there at the, at the very beginning. Uh, as soon as my colleague uh, recognized their potential, things fell into place really quickly, including the metaphor of the idea of tarot cards and then the visual design um, of them. And um, then, you know, refining the questions and making sure we had a more complete, robust set of, uh, of provocations. When you were making the cards, did you all do any like user testing with potential users of the cards outside of Artifact? Ironically, no, uh, we didn't do extensive user testing. It was more internally, what did we think were the right questions to ask and what were uh, a set of prompts uh, that worked together to be uh, robust and industry agnostic? You know, some questions might be more relevant to some folks than others, to some industries than others, but we wanted to make sure that as a set, they could be used across at least all of the clients that we would work with, again, in technology and healthcare and education, automotive and beyond. Um, and so we were asking ourselves the kind of questions that we would want to be asking in the context of our work. And what was the hardest part of creating the tarot cards or marketing them? I'd say the honest answer, the, the, the honest and boring answer is um, the nuance involved in moving from an initial set of questions uh, that we had created over the span of, you know, four to eight hours to getting to the robust set of questions that were written in the exactly precise way, like the nuance involved in framing them in the precise way. That took a lot of time and effort to move from 80% of the way there in the first eight hours to 100% of the way there over the course of weeks and months. Um, Just to make sure that the, the framing was exact and that, again, it was a robust set of questions. We had some fun and lively discussions on the overall uh, metaphor. Uh, I remember a conversation that I had with my colleague on uh, the visual design of the big bad wolf that I think was on one of the cards of um, the bad actor, how, how, how someone ex- could exploit your product for nefarious purposes, essentially. There's a question of how bad of a wolf do we want this wolf to look like in terms of the visual illustration? Do we want them to be just a, a wolf like a little red riding hood? Is, is that enough to communicate the idea? Or do we want them to have a sort of like gangster-esque uh, motif to it? 
what other things do we want to layer on top? And going back and forth of, to like the nuance of a, of a metaphor there um, was a fun and lively discussion. It wasn't the hardest part by far, but it was, it was, it was fun to think about the nuance of metaphors. And speaking of the actual cards, so um, for the next part of our chat, I wanted to talk more about some of the cards a little bit more specifically. So you brought up the Big Bad Wolf, which was categorized under usage, right? And um, for each card, for the people listening, each card has a set of three to four questions. So for example, the Big Bad Wolf um, has the following questions. What could a bad actor do with your product? What would predatory and exploitative behavior look like with your product? And what could be targeted with your product? So tell us a little bit more about the Big Bad Wolf. So you mentioned that there was a spirited discussion internally about how to actually design the card. Um, you talked about some internal debates that the team had about the design. With the Big Bad Wolf, what could a bad actor do with your product? I'm trying to think if there was a specific instance in mind back in, again, this is about 2017, 2018, when we first uh, were developing these questions. Some of the cards definitely had specific events or, or thinking behind them that inspired the, the question. Others were, were more general. Let's talk about the Scandal card. And for people listening, the Scandal card, the main question here was, what's the worst headline about your product you can imagine? Sure. So at the time uh, that we were developing the tarot cards or just generally thinking about unintended consequences of technology or how technology could be exploited, et cetera, um, this has been 2017, 2018. We just started to see more of these things in the news. Um, at the time, you know, Cambridge Analytica was a major scandal. Uh, the question behind the, the scandal card was uh, the idea that avoiding bad PR could be a pressure on businesses to act responsibly or proactively and perhaps engage those who might otherwise dismiss concepts and thinking uh, embodied in some of the other cards, just about like do the best for people. So it, it, it's a, a little bit more self-interested uh, and to engage those that might be better uh, at thinking more from purely like a, a, a business uh, perspective uh, to, to still see that there's, there's value in thinking about these questions uh, for the long-term uh, health of your business. Yeah, I really like the idea of the scandal right? Like what's the worst headline about your product you can imagine? I also think it's a really good way for designers, PMs, researchers, CEOs of smaller companies to reverse engineer how to avoid the worst case scenario for their products or services. I think it's a really good way to get into that mindset too. Yeah. Yeah. As opposed to purely being um, like positive and aspirational, it's a bit more about the risk avoidance. And were there any other of the cards that you remember? Sure, yeah, there's a couple others uh, that are memorable. The one, one was Mother Nature, which was, you know, how would your designer solution change if uh, Mother Nature was your client? Uh, I think it's just a general card to make sure that the idea of environmentalism was represented in our set of questions. Um, the idea of the triple bottom line uh, of thinking about the impact that a business has in terms of uh, not just financial interests to the company, but also social impact and environmental impact. Again, um, another card uh, that's memorable was the Radio Star. Um, who or what disappears if your product is successful? Uh, you know, the literal sentiment of the song "Video Killed the Radio Star." Uh, we were thinking about things like taxi drivers in the age of ride sharing, or you know, truck drivers in the age of automation. 
perhaps many workers in the age of full automation uh, moving into the future, but also historical examples like the milkman and uh, refrigeration, refrigeration. We just recognize that as technology changes society, jobs change, habits change, the way we organize society both physically and in other ways change. Um, and part of change means things disappear. So uh, that was the thinking behind the radio star. I'm happy that you addressed that one. I think it's really interesting to think about who, I don't want to say who loses as a result of your product, but who, like you said, who disappears, right? Because with change and innovation, especially in the tech space, that usually means that someone else is being teched out, <laughs> right? Or automated out. I think sometimes people might take a prompt like that and assume that the goal is to preserve the current status quo, the current existence, et cetera. Um, I don't think that's always the case. It's really just to recognize the possibilities of disruption and change before ascribing value to that one way or another. In the case of automation, there are a lot of positives uh, that could result from fuller automation, but we need to be recognized, we need to recognize the possible negative consequences to people, especially um, when that change happens. And not, the answer might not be to fight that change, but to create additional services or products or considerations that address those externalities and negative consequences. And can, can the tarot cards of tech be applied to services or service-based businesses? Um, like I know they, the cards um, read more about the cards mention products, but can these be applied to services as well? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we mentioned uh, like ride sharing as an example, uh, definitely a service that has a UX component, um, but certainly there's no shortage of services in healthcare, education, technology, et cetera, uh, where the tarot cards would be relevant to think about the, the impact and consequences that the services have. Let's say you have a potential listener um, who wants to use a tarot card to tech, especially UX researchers, as most of my audience consists of UX researchers, what do you say to them as first-timers using the tarot cards of tech? I would say that the tarot cards of tech really embody a mindset and an awareness. And the purpose is to spread that awareness and mindset throughout a broader organization. If you're interested in using the tarot cards of tech, you're likely already a, a champion of some kind of, of the themes that are embodied. And so we hope that it's a tool for you to um, help others think the way you do. Uh, they're not a silver bullet. Uh, they're really conversation starters. They're the first step um, toward what would hopefully become a broader a movement of reflecting on values and capacity to make change within your organization. So I think just keep that in mind, what, what their overall purpose is. In terms of practicalities, just how to use the tarot cards, um, you know, they're, they're really helpful in, in a group context. I would suggest that you pick out some in advance that you think are most relevant to your organization um, and focus the conversation on a couple questions rather than trying to get through all of them in a single session. Um, and if you have a larger group, you could uh, spread them around in small breakout groups uh, to ask people to, to more engage with a focused set of questions because there's, they're so broad. Um, 
that it's unrealistic to answer, to have meaningful conversations about all of them all at once. I strongly encourage you to check out the cards and see what they look like. As of this recording, I have not yet applied them to any of my research studies, but will be open to in the future. Check them out. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to take the listener survey on yezyresearch.com. Give this podcast a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And follow Yezy Research on Twitter and LinkedIn. We'll chat soon.